Life Audio. Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. of the Untangling Life podcast. I'm Rachel and I'm so glad you have come to listen in today. In this episode, I am calling out once again to the tired and the worn, the weary folks out there. I'm tired, you're tired. Last week I said all God's people are tired. There are a lot of weary souls in the world that I have found and last week I shared four prayers of rest for the weary soul. I received several emails of thanks for that episode, so if you're feeling especially tired, you'll want to go back and listen in to those four prayers of encouragement to rest. And now this week, I want to continue the conversation in a little bit different manner with four reasons you really need to rest. I don't know, when I was a child, I remember my mom telling me, it's good for you to rest. You need to rest for a while. Go take a nap. I remember my mom saying that, and I didn't always agree with her. I wanted to go, go, go. I think sometimes that's how we are, where we believe that God has a plan for us, but we just want to go, go, go without ever checking in to see if his plan includes that level of energy. In my book, One More Step, chapter 14 is about sitting on empty And I began with a quote from Katie Suffield saying that little is much when God is in it. I wanted to share one of the stories from that chapter. Matt and I had experienced God's blessing several times through the gift of children. And at this point, our sweet children had numbered five altogether. After five years of marriage and graciously, I found myself pregnant once more. I know, how does this keep happening? (laughs) Our happy hearts revealed themselves on our faces and just a few days shy of the 10-week pregnancy mark, we shared the baby news with our kiddos. The excitement gleamed in their eyes. I could tell they figured if it made mom and dad happy, it must be a good thing, right? But that very night, something in my body began to feel not right. And by the next morning, I experienced cramping that turned into bleeding, that turned into contractions. And our little baby was not forming properly. We were never given the privilege to see his or her cherished face. Heartache ravaged my body alongside the pain. And I can't remember ever feeling so helpless and empty. The place in our hearts for a beloved baby sat vacant and barren like a blanket covering my spirit. The sorrow covered me entirely. I grieved for the little life we had anticipated joining our family, and I grieved for my children who cried for the sibling they would never know. Anticipating what God was going to do through our emptiness was beyond my scope of grief. I scraped myself together enough to continue through the motions of another day, but looking beyond the next few moments required more than I could muster. That's how the widow felt in Second Kings 4. This woman found herself in a state of emptiness on many levels. Her husband had been a just man serving God and his family. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what happened to him, just that he was dead. 
Existing sparingly until she had nothing left, the widow was driven to request help from the prophet Elisha. If she didn't pay her bills, the loan collectors would take her sons to work off the debt. Her drive to prevent her family from starving and to keep her two sons from becoming slaves spurred the widow to action. Ready to give up completely, yet clutching tightly to the lives of her two sons, she begged Elisha the prophet for a miracle to save her family. After she approached the prophet with her problems, he asked her, What do you have? Can you imagine her facial expression? Emptiness had overtaken her household and she had nothing left. Nothing. No money. No heritage. Not a scrap. On top of this, her heart held empty places of longing for her husband. I mean, if she had something to work with, why would she stand before the prophet asking for help? And she took a deep breath to reply to him that she had nothing except one jar of oil. I mean, what could a tiny bottle of oil do? Really, without flour, the oil was useless. It was such a small amount. One jar. What could she possibly do with one jar? Elisha gave the widow specific instructions for that oil. He told the widow to borrow from her neighbors every bottle and jar she could find. The more, the merrier. He wanted her to have her son's help. When she couldn't borrow any more, he told her to close all the windows and doors of her house and start pouring oil from her one small bottle into all the borrowed jars. When one bottle was filled, she was to set it aside and fill the next. With all the faith she could muster, at her point of giving up, the widow followed Elisha's instructions to the latter. She borrowed every vessel she could, and once she had borrowed the jars, she and her sons shut up the house every nook and cranny. By faith, she began the pouring process. Her tiny bottle of oil held barely enough to make one loaf of bread, if she'd even had the flour to do so. Maybe she felt foolish, but desperation propelled her forward. God stepped in, and the oil continued to flow. What she lacked in tangibility, she filled with faith while the Almighty God provided. By God's power, every borrowed jar and bottle was filled to the brim with oil. Emptiness is a difficult emotion to describe. It's the feeling you have, not just when you're tired, but when you've given everything you've got. Nothing remains. Whether you've exhausted your resources or they were snatched from you when you feel empty, It's as though a piece of your soul is missing. Maybe it's from grief. Maybe your heart aches with the space left by one you love who didn't return your love. Maybe the emptiness comes from feeling unfulfilled in your goals or dreams. But maybe, maybe the emptiness comes because you are restless. You are restless because you do not take the time to rest. This has happened to me before. I've become very empty because I've poured out and poured out and poured out until I Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, 
Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I have nothing left to give on my own. That brings us to a very unpopular topic, (laughs) four reasons you need to rest. I think our um, society and culture today dictates that we should be go, go, goes. We praise busy, 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 and I'm guilty of it myself. I enjoy activities. I enjoy um, being with my family and, and doing exercise together, whether it's going for a bike ride or playing volleyball in the backyard, or we are a pretty active family and I enjoy it. Rest is sometimes a challenge for me to understand and to accept. And so I have had to work at this concept in understanding why there are reasons that I really need to rest and that rest is a good godly thing. So I want to go to Galatians 6 verses 7 through 9. In Galatians 6, it says, and I'm reading from the NIV, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So God tells us in his word, Paul tells us, he's telling the Galatians, that we do not want to become weary in doing good. Paul was reminding the Galatians of the key elements to living a life of faith. And one of the principles he taught is that where we invest our time is where we will see growth. True perseverance can only come from the Lord. So if we want the strength to follow through, we want to be able to pursue what God's plan is for us then we have to make sure the good we set out to do is in alignment with God's place for our lives. When our hearts can rest in God's plan, we have the strength to keep going. So I think the point of all of this section is that in order to have energy to do good things for God's glory, then I have to pursue them at the proper time. And the proper time means sometimes there will be rest and sometimes there will be pursuit. If you could put this into practice, I think it would be taking a walk outdoors and finding just one single plant. One single plant. If you stand there and watch the plant, do you see it growing? No, you don't see it growing. It's a very slow growth. And if you stare at it and stare at it, you will not see it growing. But why does the plant continue to grow? Because it is finding its roots in resting. And so rest renews your energy to pursue God's plan. That's the first reason you need to rest. It renews your energy to pursue God's plan. What is another reason that we need to rest? What does the Bible tell us about rest? In last week's episode, I read from Isaiah where God never gets tired. And that's always been an amazing thing to me, that God doesn't get tired But in Genesis 2, 1 through 3, uh, there's a little bit of a contrast to that. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. 
By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. I find that such an intriguing passage because did he rest because he had worn himself out? No, I believe that God rested in order to enjoy the work of his hands. The process of creation, making things, is what the Creator loves. Why would he not pause to enjoy what he had completed? And so I think that rest is a pause to appreciate success. This is one of the reasons you need to rest, because rest provides that time to appreciate the completion of your work. It's easy to rush on and forget to celebrate what you have accomplished in your progress, even if it's something as simple as cleaning out the car or rearranging the linen closet. I don't know what your rest consists of on a daily basis, but I do know that for me, whenever I take a moment to just look at what I've been able to accomplish for the day, it really is a celebration and it helps me to remember that God rested and it was free from guilt And I can enjoy that same appreciation of completed work or success. In Hebrews 4, 1-11, there is a passage that contains a reminder that we as Christians are promised rest in Christ. This rest in Christ, the word rest here, is used as a description of promised land living here on earth which is a life content with hope in the Lord. It doesn't mean that we won't face temptation or trials. It means that we have this opportunity to enter a spiritual relationship with the Lord that provides rest and renewal unlike anything else. We can rest in the resurrection. And when we do, when we rest in what Christ has done for us on the cross and in the value of his resurrection, This type of rest deepens our relationships, and that is one of the reasons we need to rest. The third reason is that rest deepens relationships. This ability to rest in God's strength then can be sustaining for us. So if we exchange our sorrow, our bitterness, and we place it in the hands of Jesus and exchange it for rest then this deepens our relationship with him and we get to know him deeper. His spiritual rest is available to us and we don't have to worry about what's happening in the world. So far, we've talked about how rest renews our energy to pursue God's plan and rest provides the time that we need to appreciate success. It also deepens relationships. And now for the last principle, the last reason that I'll talk about in this episode for why you need to rest is that rest allows for reflection and recovery. In Leviticus chapter 5, the rules that God gave to his people are explained. And God designed a year of rest for the land after every six years of producing. He knew that the land would produce better and more If we're given a year off, a year to recover, and during that year, whatever grew naturally was food for the families, the hired hands, and the animals. What does this teach us about the importance of rest? God's example of allowing the land to rest. Rest is a time of reflection on God. It's also a time for recovery. 
Lord, show us the spaces where we need to take a break and give it to you again. That's the prayer that we should have during a season of rest. I just wonder what would happen if you took a year off. I'm not saying an entire year from all of your work, but if you took a year off from an activity just as a test to see an exchange of time from that activity to dedicating that time to the Lord. I've often wondered what the farmers did with their extra time during this year of Sabbath that is mentioned in Leviticus. There's some food for thought as we close out today's podcast, but I wanted to read to you a prayer for when you feel exhausted. This prayer is part of the 31 Days of Prayers for the Heart prayer cards that are so well-loved. Dear Father, on days like today, when I feel exhausted, I feel like I can't even pray. And I don't mean to complain because there are so many who are less blessed than I am. The time comes when a person easily recognizes that running on empty is not a good thing. When I have nothing left to give and nothing left to offer, then I know that I've been using my own strength instead of relying on yours. Why do I do this when you are the God who never tires? Help me, Jesus. I need you so much. May I learn to lean on you consistently so I can soar like the eagles without even a hint of weariness. May this be the evidence of your almighty power. Amen. If you're asking yourself, how can I experience soul rest in the presence of God, then you'll enjoy the Rest for the Weary Bible Reading Plan and Journal. You can find this at rachelwojo.com forward slash shop. And as always, you'll find tons of free resources at rachelwojo.com, including prayer journals, Bible reading plans, and more. I'll include the links for all of the items I've talked about in the show notes today. But thank you so much for listening. Until next time, God sees you and knows your need. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.